Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to episode three of It's Black and White, the Derby Telegraph's Derby County podcast. I'm Johnny Bennell and I'm joined by Steve Nicholson and Chris Watson. Uh, an awful lot to get through today, chaps, seeing as the last one we did was last Monday, a whole 11 days in football. It's a long old time, uh, so let's get straight to it. Uh, Grimsby Town last Tuesday, uh, game abandoned, it was fairly early in the first half. Have we ever known anything like that in August? <laughs> it was a shock. Uh, I must admit, we were when myself and Chris were, dri- were driving over to Grimsby. It was raining a lot, yeah. and we we always say, you know, I hope, I hope the game's on. You know, mm. not expecting, of course, for it to be off or, or abandoned when we when, once it started. So, uh, strangely, I have yes. I mean, I, I was at a uh, a pre-season game in July at uh, Mansfield in July of all things uh, when. Very, very similar story, absolutely poured down, torrential, and it was abandoned at half time. Uh, that was uh, John Gregory team, I think it must have been 2002. Uh, so that was a bit of a shock to have a game abandoned yeah. in July. I can, rem- I can remember one game at Burnley a few years back, and it was very foggy. And I think Rams were about were 3 0 down very early on, and I think some fans were hoping it was going to be abandoned, but unfortunately for them, it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, what, what's the experience like when, when you're at a game like that? It, it was a, you could see the rain. Actually, I thought the pitch was... Before they kicked off, it looked like the pitch was holding up very well. And, and what, what you get uh, at clubs with, with grounds very close to the coast is you get sand-based pitches. And I know this from my experience at, uh, at Southport. Pitch is really good. And so it's usually quite good how, how it drains that way. And uh, So it seemed to be OK, but as soon as it kicked off... When the ball, the passes started to roll, you could see, you know, it was holding up. And uh, what was what was interesting was the the referee kind of uh, stopped the game and came over to the dugouts and actually Gary Rowett said later he actually said to Gary Rowett, "We'll give it five minutes." Yeah. And so he kicked off again, and thirty seconds later he blew up. So we clicked. I'm not even sure clearly. it's thirty seconds. I, I think it was about it was, five seconds. <laughs> so it was a shock to everyone immediately. It looked like they were going to carry on for a bit. Yeah. Uh, but but. Let's, let's be honest, it was the right decision. Mm. It was the right decision. I mean, Derby were winning at the time and it looked like they were going to go on and, and, and get quite a good win, uh, but it was the right decision. I, I spoke to Richard Keogh afterwards who, who scored the goal and he was obviously gutted that his goal was going to be uh, chalked from the records, um, but he agreed it was, it was the right decision. But mm. it, it was interesting what you're saying about the pitch holding up well because he said when they were warming up, there were no thoughts in the players' minds of this game's going to be abandoned. I mean, obviously they played many games through heavy rain and, and so forth but but obviously they in the time that they went back to the change room and then came back out again it carried on carried on and carried on and once the game got underway it became clear that it was going to be very tricky and I think poor old Mason Bennett went over about three times he looked, looked like I was before he touched the ball you went over three times without touching the ball it was, it was yeah. most bizarre but, but, but in all seriousness when it gets to that point it could, it could be dangerous for players couldn't it if they're, fl- if they're slipping over and, and um, 
and, and all that it's, it, it, it needs to be uh, needs to be stopped mm. absolutely and so when the uh, Derby players when the, the whistle had gone were running over and uh, did the sliding on the ground you weren't sort of either of you tempted to, to go and get involved with that well I, I was on my last clean shirt of the week you see so I, I, I didn't want to uh, we actually discussed sliding in the car on the way home I tell you because that was pretty hairy yeah. driving home you know in, in the dark uh, and you couldn't really see the standing water I think it was the M180 out of Grimsby mm-hmm. you couldn't see the standing water and uh, we hit one or two puddles dangerous. and uh, it, it, it is dangerous so you, you can see the whole thing it was mm-hmm. very much the right decision um, and have we checked the forecast for this uh, <laughs> shirt sleeves I believe <laughs> fingerless oh it's never <laughs> shirt sleeves for me or shirt sleeves and fingerless gloves that would be a combination for if anybody doesn't know then Steve will always wear fingerless gloves whatever weather whatever game normally pre-season always He's prepared He's always, always prepared, prepared. Yeah. doesn't help the ball through my right <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, so following on then from, from the game, uh, we had the Carabao Cup draw, which, and I know I'm not alone in thinking this from the reaction on social media, didn't go down particularly well. Uh, one standout for me was that Newport were ranked in the north section and Burton Albion were ranked in the south section. Uh, I mean, can either of you explain to me why on earth? Steve? <laughs> Chris? <laughs> or if anybody from... Silence. Silence. Or if any of the organisers are listening, then all, please. All, all I'll answer. say is, they're trying too hard. Mm. Let's just keep the thing simple. You know, I've watched a few now on, 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 on TV. They're just trying too hard. A, a, a cup draw is a cup draw. Mm. One person draws the home team, one person draws the away team. Full stop. What more do you want? You know? I, I don't get the, this kind of finding new ways to make it exciting. The excitement is in the draw, the, 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 the tyres that come mm. out. So, so let's knock that on the head. I don't want to start ranting again like last time, but let's knock that on the, on the head very, very quickly as far as you draw a team, then you draw a ball to see if they're home and away. Mm. You know, let, let's knock all that I mean, the reason, the reason they do that is obviously because it's seeded at this stage. Yeah, of course. But if I remember rightly, what they used to do was they used to do the draw privately yeah. and just put it out on their website and say, yeah. here's the draw. Yeah. Of course, now it's expected that it's got to be held live. I think the last one was in Thailand or whatever, exactly. the, the, the previous one. Yeah. Um, so they're obviously trying to kind of promote the competition, which is fair enough. But I think because of that, the way they do the draw, it makes it very complicated and quite difficult viewing as yeah, well yeah. am I not right in thinking that one of the teams that was actually drawn out it was drawn out at home but they said away or vice versa I'm yeah that's right yeah. Uh, it, it takes too long mm. it's too complicated uh, just let's just let's get the draw done mm. get the tie sorted and, and move on and let's move on from that subject then uh, and then on to Saturday uh, last Saturday should I say a Derby's first home game of the season uh, on the back of a, a respectable draw at Sunderland. Uh, you know, the, the performance at Grimsby, which for 20 minutes looked decent, you know, going into the, the game with big spending, Wolverhampton Wanderers in confidence. Um, it obviously sort of turned out not the way that the Derby fans or players were hoping. Uh, was it a case of Wolves were just too good on the day, or, or did Derby let themselves down? Well, it was strange because myself and Chris sat in the press box. I think we said this to each other after about 20 minutes. We hadn't really written anything down. It was, you know, there was nothing in it. You couldn't split the teams, really. Uh, you wouldn't say Derby. I, I thought they started OK. You know, everything looked in place. But gradually, Wolves just started to improve. And they started to pick holes in Derby. They were 
they were kind of getting the upper hand in middle uh, in midfield, and and they were they were getting down the sides. Derby, one thing Derby didn't do. Uh, Wolves played with wing backs. It was either a three four three or or five three two, whatever where you are. Loved it, but they had wing backs, and Derby never came to terms with that at all. They they I thought they reacted slowly to that. They should have reacted quicker to to stop that threat, and and that you could see that unfolding. And Wolves just improved and improved. And the biggest disappointment for me was that once they went ahead after 32 minutes or whatever it was, Derby, I thought, I thought it knocked them so badly that, that there was no real reaction for, uh, that I could see. Uh, they had a little bit of a, they had a bright start to the second half, Johnny Russell had a, an effort saved, but that was it. And, and really, had the score finished nil four. Uh, I'm not sure they're coming for me. I don't know if they're coming for me. If the box first picked up the signs, it's not for us. Uh, but if it had finished nil four, uh, there could have been no complaint because in the end, Wolves were the better side, uh, and it was hugely disappointing. Mm. I was very impressed by Wolves. I mean, they, they've been quite hotly tipped, aren't they? After the business they've done this summer, I think they've now won all three of their games um, against you know fancied opposition, if you like. And I think obviously there was big disappointment from the Derby fans because they went they went to the game full of optimism and hope for the first uh, home game and obviously left very uh, very disappointed in defeat. But I think you do have to recognise that they came up against very good opposition. But and it probably was a bit of a reality check of what they're going to have to do if they want to be in the promotion mix this season because. Wolves may be the best team that they f- that they face, but they may not be. There may be other teams that they haven't come up against uh, yet. Perhaps the likes of you know Middlesbrough, I don't know, um, who are just as good. So the, there's going to be some some decent teams in the division, I think. And I, I agree with everything Steve said. Really, it was um, the reaction to the goal um, w- was disappointing, and, and actually Wolves just kind of grew and grew in confidence and um, and thoroughly deserved uh, deserved the win in the end. Do you think that um, Wolves could be the team to watch then this season? Because I know, you know, when a team brings in a lot of players at the start of the season, especially players that haven't played in England before, it can take a while to gel. Um, but you know, as you said, Wolves have beaten Middlesbrough at home, Derby away, and, and now Hull City away yeah. as well. Three teams who would fancy their chances at being in the playoffs. So, you know. They probably are looking like the team to beat. Well, I think we we talked about them on one of the earlier podcasts mm. and and said, you know, are they going to gel or, or what? But I think you have to realise that the player, some of the players that have come in, come from big clubs in Europe. They've got big match experience. I think some of them have played in the Champions League. So to say to say, oh, they they, they won't like it in the Championship is probably a bit simplistic, you know. And I think Steve made the point on Saturday. I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of them felt quite comfortable coming to a nice ground in Pride Park, lovely pitch, um, and and were able to were able to just play their their natural game. Um, so I mean, it's 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 early. It's early days still. Absolutely. They could have, anything could happen. They could have a wobble. They could pick up injuries. That sort of thing. Yeah. So it's very early. But but the signs for them are looking good I think mm-hmm. well, it's interesting because Wolves were at Pride Park in April back in the last season and they were yeah. shambles yeah. they were real shambles and, and, and you feared for them a little bit absolutely uh, but it makes a bit of a mockery really isn't it that I think there was only one starter uh, from that April mm-hmm. game so ten changes and and, uh, and, and, and you know they settled mm-hmm. uh, but as Chris said you know I think the quality of some of the players have brought in helped them settle quicker mm-hmm. 
you know, I thought that in midfield they were they were very good. Uh, Derby was second best in there, but uh, as impressive as those Wolves were, uh, I still think Derby's performance rather helped them. Mm. I mean, there was a lot of sort of downbeat fans uh, after that game, but that mood seemed to be lifted considerably on on Tuesday. First of all, with the signing of Tom Lawrence. Um, now, I mean. YouTube videos are never the be-all and end-all of anything, um, but watching his goals for Ipswich last season, it would be very easy if it was just one or two screamers to say, "Oh, he's you know he's done that, done that, okay." But I would say about ten of the eleven, I think, were absolute screamers. Um, he's got that in his mind. Yes, yeah, yeah, he has. I mean, speaking to Gary Rowe, he said that four or five of those goals we we, we saw. Uh, could easily have been goal of the season mm-hmm. themselves, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, some absolute crackers. Uh, the the pick of them for him, and I've asked him. He thought the one at QPR he scored uh, w- was yeah. his best, and uh, it was a very very good goal. What was interesting about Sign or what is interesting about Sign Tom Lawrence is against Wolves, Derby, the 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 shortage of pace in the final third, and the shortage of of, of, of players who can actually go past the man. So once you go past the man. Then you make create problems for the rest of the defenders. Someone's then got to come out to you, and spaces open up, and you can exploit those those spaces. Didn't have any of that against Wolves. Mm-hmm. Now, what I've seen of, of Tom Lawrence and, and, and people I've spoke to uh, uh, about him, he he wants to take players on. He wants to take his marker on. He wants to beat him, and and he's got this surge. He can go past players, and I say he, he can drag defenders into positions on the pitch where they don't want to be. And that's the key. I thought Wolves were too that they were set in their shape and they knew that they, they weren't going to be dragged from that shape. But someone like Tom Lawrence uh, and Andy Vyman, I think he can do this as well, uh, can drag players from, from the comfort zone, if you like. And Lawrence can do this, you know, and he can go past the players and, and then he's not afraid to, to hit the ball. And that's another thing that disappointed me. disappointed me last season about Derby. There was a, a bit of a reluctance to, to shoot when you have the opportunity. I know that's down to confidence. You know, someone like Jacob Butterfield, I think he scored one, was it one goal or no goals last season? Previous season he scored eight and he scored some crackers, by the way, because he wasn't afraid to shoot. And I think with Tom Lawrence, I mean, seen the, the clips that you were talking about, he's certainly not afraid to shoot. Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. I mean, I mean, some there's been a lot of talk about the fee. I mean, they're talking about it, it could rise to £7 million, a lot, of, um, a lot of money for a player is still young and I suppose in, in in relative terms hasn't got a massive amount of games under his belt at senior level um, but obviously this is the market we're working in and talking to some of our colleagues over at Leicester um, you know there's there's a sort of feeling over there that he, he wasn't too far off sort of being being in and around their, their first team squad I'm not suggesting he'd walk into the starting lineup, but um, um, he's definitely thought very highly of over there um, not highly enough for them not to sell him, obviously, but um, but I think, as Steve said, he's, he's uh, he certainly offers that uh, something extra in terms of in terms of beating players and and, and shooting and scoring some spectac- some spectacular goals. So um, I mean, he's got the number ten shirt, which was obviously occupied by uh, uh, Tom uh, Tomins last season. Um, so he's got he's got some big boots to fill, but um, we'll see how he gets on. I think I think the key to it though is. Judge him in a Derby shirt. Now I always say this, you know, judge him in a Derby shirt, and also give him a few games. Yeah. You know, let's not let's not judge him on one game. 
you know. So if he doesn't uh, score, so score a 30-yard screamer in, 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 <laughs> on his debut, let's not judge him on that. Uh, but let's judge him in the Derbyshire. I've seen players who who I've thought, oh, they're good players or not so good players before they've come to Derby, and then you see him in the Derbyshire. That's the only time you can really judge him. Mm. Are you surprised that Leicester let him go permanently and, and not out on loan again? Uh, I, I don't know the ins and outs of what, really what Leicester were thinking, but I'm not surprised he moved on. And, and, and talking to Tom himself uh, earlier this week, it was quite clear he thought that it was the right time to move, and I think it was in his mind all all along that he was going to make a move this summer. Mm. I think that I think another thing is that Leicester have kind of they've moved up a level or two in the last few years, obviously as a result of their Premier League win. And so, as good a player as he might be. Um, it, looking at am I going to get in this first team when you look at who's on the bench and who's in and around the squad um, perhaps you know coming to Derby was was his best option mm. it brings in that competition for the attacking places as well which is which is always good uh, you know that's that's what fans have been sort of crying out for they, this yeah they, they, they've needed that and, and I don't think it'll be the, the last of the signings either I think Gary Rowett will bring in another forward and that will add to competition further you think a main Sort of striker or, or well, we know he we know he likes John Terrell. He was like an attacking midfielder. He's a kind of a clever ten, if you like, and that type of player. Uh, he had him at Birmingham. He did well for him there, so he, he is keen on him. And and there is interest from Derby and Sam Gallagher, who's more of a, mm-hmm. a striker who can play across the line as well. Uh, Gallagher, of course, is at, uh, at Southampton. So uh, yeah, I would be. I'll be very surprised if Derby didn't add a further striker or sorry, a further forward to the squad. And uh, Tom Lawrence was, was at the uh, Pride Park on, on Tuesday night to watch uh, Derby against Preston, uh, putting that sort of Wolves defeat to bed really. Um, it, I suppose that the Preston game was was just about getting the three points, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it was. They yeah, they did. And I think that's important. That's important. That's the bottom line for me. Mm-hmm. And one or two fans said to me, Oh, let's not get carried away. You know, well, two things on that. One, I, I don't want to get carried away. I'm a bit too old to get carried away, to be honest. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I did get carried away. But, uh, uh, but no, you, the, the thing for me was when you when you've played at home on the Saturday and you've turned in a performance like Derby did against Wolves, we have to realise it takes real tests of character to go back out there. You know, it's easy for us to sit back and say, "Go on, then go, go back out there." But it does. You know, if players, you know haven't performed uh, in the previous game it, it, it's tough to go back out there yes the professional football yes it's part of the job you still got to do it so it's a real test of character and that's what I like most about the performance they went out there they did the job it, they can play better of course they can but for me they were solid very professional about it won the game 1-0 got the three points partly put the Wolves game to bed as such and uh, and the biggest plus for me was they were much, much better without the ball mm. this time. And in the Championship, I keep saying this, uh, and, and some fans think I'm pretty boring about this, but to get out of the Championship, you've got to be equally as good, if not better, without the ball, and organised and resilient mm. than you have with it. And I think in the Preston game, they were, they were certainly better without the ball than they have been on the Saturday against Wolves. Mm. Another interesting point was... Um, a change of formation I mean yeah. he made three changes in terms of personnel but he also changed from the 4-3-3 to 4-2-3-1 and um, that allowed uh, Mate Vidra to come back in after injury uh, and he played just off uh, David Nugent with Chris Martin uh, dropped to the bench and I think that made a, a big difference in it I think um, Vidra obviously got the goal from the penalty spot but I thought 
aside from that, he he looked very lively, and and of course um, Andreas Weimann also had a very good game on the on the left wing. Yeah, he did. And see, what the system does is uh, with the two in midfield, they can be the screen. You know, Tom Huddleston and Bradley Johnson. They're the screen for the back four. It allows your left back and your right back to go also, and then basically what you're saying is the four in front of that screen, the three, and then the one. You go and do what you do best, and that's what we saw. I thought Vyman did what he can do. Um, Vitra did. Nugent did. Uh, Johnny had a, a bit of a difficult night. Johnny Russell, uh, but but credit to him, kept plugging away. That's what you've got to do when you're going through a bit of a barren patch with, with, with your form. It's important to keep plugging away, and he kept plugging away. He went very close actually to a very good goal setting off. That would have done his confidence a world of good. But but those two, that screen in front of the back four, I like that. I like that, and uh, as I say, it gives your fullbacks a chance to join in also. I suppose with the uh, addition of Tom Lawrence and a, another attacking number ten, um, it sort of gives Gerrard more more freedom to use that four two three one throughout the course of the season rather than. Sticking to a four-three-three, which is obviously yeah. I mean, I say it's not all about formations. Managers always say it's about players, not formations. But the players you have, you have to have a formation for them to to express mm-hmm. themselves. And I, I, we said it in previous podcasts. I just felt, and I felt it last season as well, that the four-three-three had just become a bit tired, mm-hmm. a bit predictable, a bit tired. Uh, it was lacking in pace. Uh, I think we had to change system. Uh, and I say I was. I've said it previously. I was a little disappointed we we didn't really change right from the start of this season. Uh, but I understood why because of the makeup of the squad. But uh, I certainly expect Derby to to stick with that system or very similar moving forward. Yeah, and, and just another word, uh, Chris, on on Vyman. Um yeah. he, he obviously was at Wolves back in the last season on loan. Everything was up in the air. The deal was was reportedly in place to, for him to join Wolves. Paul Lambert then got the sack. Nobody knew really what was going on. Um, he's come back to Derby. I, I believe he's starting every game under uh, Garrett in the league this season, uh, and he, he made a big impact on Tuesday, didn't he? Yeah. And he and he admitted himself he didn't he didn't know what was going on over the summer with, with everything that was happening, and it, it must be difficult for a for a footballer because I, I know it's their career and and they probably have that they might have that situation a few times in their career, but um, you know he he finished the season thinking he was going to join Wolves. He admitted he. Didn't probably he didn't expect to probably be back at Derby. Um, obviously, things changed. He was back at Derby. He had to meet Gary Rowett for the first time as Derby manager, um, and so it was like, it was a bit like a sort of going to a new club almost. Um, but he said that Gary Rowett said to him, "You know, it's a it's a clean a clean slate for you." And of course, we know that Gary Rowett is a fan of Vyman, having tried to sign him when he was at Birmingham. So that must have given him a bit of a boost. And he's, he's come in, he's worked hard, and he's, he's got himself in the team, and it's a real, a real turnaround for him. And he looked... Um, he, 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 was, he was arguably Derby's best player on the night, um, full of energy, um, full of attacking intent. Um, I think the only thing that was missing uh, was, was a goal. Yeah, he was star man. Uh, the ratings that we do, I him as a star man, and... Uh, interesting isn't it you win a game and not too many argue with your rating so hopefully, hopefully there'll be a few more wins <laughs> I think people would always find something to argue with in there <laughs> uh, they descended after the Wolves game I think yeah. uh, I think quite a few wanted to see some twos and threes so uh, 
fortunate they beat Preston and uh, as I say Andy was uh, was was the star man excellent right now I've been looking forward to this bit for, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Since, since the beginning of the podcast now I'm sure as many of you listening will have seen there's a, a picture doing the rounds on social media from uh, Tom Lawrence's uh, sort of official press conference um, I believe it was the, the Sky Sports cameras were filming uh, Tom walking out of uh, sort of off the, the media room at the mm-hmm. training ground yeah. And uh, there's a there's a head poking out in the background, and uh, and that head is Mr. Steve Nicholson. <laughs> now it probably doesn't sound very funny explaining it, but uh, I must say, me and Chris saw it yesterday in the office, and uh, the laughter did sort of reverberate around the office. Uh, and now he looks, st- he's sort of looking at Tom Lawrence very sort of suspiciously, <laughs> yeah, he, or, or appears to be anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, but anyway, he's going to—I believe—he's going to he reveal is, the yeah, so, story behind the picture, isn't so, he? So Nico has, has kindly said that he will reveal what, what this picture, you know, how it came to pass. So well, first of all, I can, uh, I'd like to thank uh, certain of my friends on Facebook. <laughs> they know who they are uh, for for putting it out there. Uh, it was—I've uh, never had so many friends actually since then. <laughs> so it just shows you I could write ten thousand words, but actually appearing in a funny. <laughs> if you call it that picture, uh, seems to attract most people's attention. But uh, the caption competition that followed on Facebook was very funny. Some, some, some of I, the best ones? Uh, I can't really repeat some of them <laughs> so, uh, on, on this family show. So, But no, it was uh, uh, what happened was Tom Lawrence came into the, into the press room at uh, Moor Farm, did the interviews and all that. And Sky wanted a, a, a shot of him walking towards them. So they said, we'll do that outside. So they went outside and uh, I kind of thought, well, I've got to get back to the office because actually it was, it was just in the afternoon. I thought, I've got to get back. You know, time's money and all that type of thing. <laughs> and I'm not allowed to stray from my desk too long. Uh, so I thought, I'll have to get back. So I gave them what I thought was enough time. You know, I'm not sure how long you need to be to be artistic. You know, uh, I thought I gave uh, them enough time to get the shot in. So... Uh, but just as I was going to the door to leave, I thought I'd better just check rather than bursting out, you know, into the shot. I better just check. So I looked out, and he's still walking down. I think. Now whether it was take one or take twenty-six, I, I don't know. I've not asked Rob Dorset, my mate at Sky, uh, uh, but he was still doing it. So I thought you you're stuck here. You know, you kind of head to do you carry on? Do you, do you actually go back in, or do you just storm out and just walk down after him in the shot? Which might have been better actually. So that was it. I say perfectly innocent. Uh, I was set up. I think is 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 my explanation to it. Have you ever been as, as Twitter famous as, as the last sort of? Two I've days? never been famous <laughs> till this week. He's been infamous. I've, been infamous. Yeah, yeah. I've never been famous. It seems I'm now I'm. Um, Twitter or Facebook famous uh, so I must try that again I'm waiting for you to become a, a meme or a gif really yeah. just, what does that mean <laughs> oh we've not got time we haven't got time we haven't got time still, still plenty to go right okay uh, well thanks for that I'm sure, I'm sure the listeners will uh, hugely appreciate sure uh, that now we're recording this on, on Friday um, and just today uh, Nick Blackman has sealed a loan move to Maccabi Tel Aviv. Uh, it's been one that's sort of been talked about now for a, a couple of weeks, and it's it's finally gone through today. Season long loan. Um, it, it never really happened for for Blackman at Derby County, did it? No, no, it didn't. And uh, obviously, I followed his, his time here, and we just remember because he's only on season long loan. So, as we saw with Andy Vyman, 
you're coming back, anything's possible. But uh, no, it's not happened for Nick so far at Derby. Uh, I, I do feel for him. I know he's had to, he gets some stick and all that type of thing. But if you've got injuries, he, he can't play. It's as simple as that. And, and he's been unlucky with injuries. He's not been alone. Other players have been as well. But he's been unlucky with injuries. Uh, particularly last season because he was very much in Nigel Pearson's plans pre-season and I remember interviewing him out in Portugal and uh, he, he, he looked fit out there uh, and he, he, he was really ready for the challenge uh, and, and I thought we, you know, we could see something here but then he picked up an injury and before you know it Nigel Pearson's gone, moved on then can't get in Steve McLaren's team etc and then he's injured uh, and he's surgery and it just goes on and on. So he, he's had bad luck. I think Nick Blackman is a better player than we've seen, clearly. Uh, nice lad as well. I know you know, we, we're talking about what he's done on the pitch, but I just want to throw that in there. He's, he's, a, very, he's a really nice lad. And uh, you, you do feel, you know, I do feel for players mm-hmm. like, like that, you know, because the, all they want to do is, is be fit enough to show what they can do. Uh, one thing he did show why he was here, of course, is he's probably the best penalty taker at the club. You know, after we saw Matty Ridge's penalty against Preston, <laughs> they just crept in. in. Uh, the, the ones I've seen it button take, he, he looks very, very confident. So yeah, I think he'll do him good. I think he needs to play football. All, all, the, all these managerial quotes, if you like, about he needs to get out, he needs to play football, he needs minutes on the pitch. He does. That's that's what he needs, and I really hope he goes well for him. Good move for him, Chris. Well, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on, and we'll be following his progress uh, as closely as we can. Um, it's interesting to see that uh, Jordi Cruyff, um, former Manchester United player, is, is the is the current coach out at, uh, at Maccabi Tel Aviv, and he's quoted as saying that they uh, the club have been trying to sign Nick for more than three years, which obviously dates back to before he joined Derby County. And it's also interesting because he, he um, Nick has um, Jewish roots. Um, which is another link to, to sort of Israel, and, and he sort of um, uh, the quotes the, the quotes from him on the on the club's website suggest that he you know it, it means he counts as a homegrown player as such. I don't know all the, the ins and outs of the rules and regulations, but there's obviously that that link up there, so that's quite interesting. And then of course on top of that, um, this week we had Steve McLaren being linked with a position uh, at the club, yeah. although. Some suggestion he may now be back in the running yeah, for the Hearts job, so um, so we'll keep an eye and see how that that one pans out. But I mean, from going back to to Nick Blackman, I mean, he just wants to be playing games and, and scoring goals, and if he can do that um, out in Israel, then I'm sure he'll be delighted. And you know, and it it could work out for Derby County in terms of it could he, he could end up coming back and and featuring as part of the plans or of course you know um get himself a, a move a move away well it's, it's interesting you say that cuz I was going to say do you, do you think that we've seen the last of Nick Blackman in a Derby County shirt I think it's always very it's, we can't really say that I say that I thought Andy Ryman I think I did a piece in the Telegraph saying the very same thing that mm. we thought that was the end for Andy Ryman we couldn't really see a way back and had Paul Lambert stayed at Wolves as manager I'm sure it would have been yeah. So we, we've seen these examples previously, and, and things can change. Uh, but at the moment, you know, it, it looks like you know that Derby are kind of looking to move on without Nick Blackman. And uh, I say, I, I just, I just hope we hope that he does well. I, mean, I really do hope he does well because you know injuries, footballers, injuries, and all that type of thing. It's it, it's not nice for them because they just want to play. Yeah. Um, just you sort of mentioned an injury actually just a, a quick one uh, George Thorne and, and Jason Shackle um, hopefully sort of featuring a, a, in the under 23 game at Chelsea tonight it would mm-hmm. be 
good for you know players, fans, and, and, and us to, to see them back. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's great, you know, and I've got fingers crossed for them as well. Mm-hmm. You know, there's still a long way back for them mm-hmm. because you know they've got a lot of catching up to do. If you've missed virtually pre-season as far as matches go and that you've got a lot of catching up to do uh, and they've got to be a bit careful with them there's no point in, in kind of rushing them too much now at this stage uh, it's just going to be a very gradual thing uh, Derby have missed George Thorne we know that uh, the, the player he can be uh, they've missed that uh, Jason Shackle you know strangely you know he had a, a nightmare last season with injuries you know I think he only played 10 games when I previously when he was there I don't think he missed a game and I don't think he missed too many at Burnley either so right. it shows how it could change for a player yeah. you know and, and we saw Jason come back in I think FA Cup game against West Brom away at Hawthorns last season he was he was immaculate yeah. you know so you know there's two good players there but again as I said about Nick Blackman Injuries are injuries, you know. There's, there's not a lot, awful lot you can do about it. And, and George Thorne, you know, for those who remember the Ipswich game, you know, he was looking good at that time. And Derby were going into the playoffs, and, and everything looked good for him. And freak, mm. freak accident, you know, broke his leg, and uh, and he's not so he's not been back in the first team since. Mm. So I mean, both could be potentially really big players in. in promotion push for Derby didn't they sure Full yeah yeah. although of course in the time that they've been out particularly George a lot has changed in terms mm-hmm. of personnel and of course you know Tom Huddleston's obviously come in this summer so it's another player sort of in the pecking order if you like although although it's interesting with we talked about the 4-2-3-1 yeah. formation you know the possibility uh, the prospect if you like of Huddleston and Thorne in, in a two mm. um, sounds sounds pretty tasty it would certainly it? give you lots of control of, uh, of the ball uh, with those two yeah. uh, maybe they're a bit too similar in, in the way they play but uh, yeah unfortunately for George I'll say in, in that time he's been out they have signed uh, Tom Huddleston mm. but, but I think the manager had to do something Absolutely. you know because during pre-season I know he's kind of a dilemma for him was do we wait on George Son? Hopefully, he's going to be fit and then fit for the season, or do I go out and get a, a similar player? And, and he had to do that because obviously George hasn't been fit to start the season. We're not sure when he'll be fit enough to play a first team game. And then even when he comes back for the first team, you've then got to give him more time because everyone, you know, everyone thinks, oh, when they're back in the first eleven, they're fit again. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not. They're fit to start a game. But then they've got to get their fitness back as well, and that's where they pick up secondary injuries. So I think Gary Rowett was had a dilemma, a dilemma there for, and he, he had to yeah, go out and get a sign, yeah. and, and he brought in Tom Hulson. Mm. So looking ahead then to tomorrow, the pair of you off up to Bolton. Um, it's been a couple of years since you were last there. Um, I was looking back at the record actually; they always seem to play away at Bolton in August. And that's just sort of by the by. Um, what we're thinking then about that game is, you know, it won't be an easy one, no games in the Championship are, but on the back of a, a midweek victory, you think that they're going to it with some, some form of confidence? Yeah, I think they will. I mean, it's interesting, games there in August, and actually it was, it was a very warm day. It's the opening game of yeah, the season, it was, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was uh, Paul Clements, goal, first game. Goalless draw. Uh, they actually stayed in the car. I brought them just in case, but... Uh, it was a very warm day, and and and. Uh, at the bar three times. They did, they did, they did the yeah. three times. Yeah, it was good. Actually, in the end, it was a good point, and it was a not. It was a bad day for Derby because, of course, they lost Will Hughes to a serious injury, and also Craig Bryson both in the first half. So, mm. Paul Clement must have thought he'd run over a, a, a cat of black cats or something like that. So it, was, it was not a great start. Uh, but I have been there when it's been cold, mate. Don't worry about that. And I, I remember a game in January. I think it was January the second. It was the Premier League season. It was bitterly cold. It was so cold 
and it was a, it was, it was a Sky game. It's been shown that so it's been shown live. It was so cold that only a few brave journalists came back out for the second half. A lot of them, I can reveal, watched the game from inside the press room. And where did you watch that? Come on. <laughs> I'm such a professional. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and I had my fingerless gloves. So I was well prepared, but it was bitingly cold. Mm. So, but no, we go there, and uh, very yeah, important. Yeah, yeah, very important. <laughs> away from the weather check. Yeah. Uh, very important, I think, to follow it up with another good result. Mm. Uh, you know, Arthur Cox former Rams manager uh, used to say to me all the time you know uh, this is only a good result if we can back it up with another good result mm-hmm. and uh, that's Derby's task to go there and do that and uh, it'll be tough Gary Wright thinks it'll be a similar test to the one that Preston uh, gave Derby uh, and uh, again the key is mentality you know good shape mm-hmm. good shape without the ball and then I'm, I'm sure if Derby can be good without the ball, organised, resilient without the ball, I think they'll get opportunities. Mm. The last home game, well, first home game, which I said the season, Bolton, um, a 3 2 defeat by Leeds. Um, so they showed that they, they can score goals, although it was, as we said earlier, a set piece and a penalty. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's going to be things that Derby will have to watch out for, aren't there? Well, yeah, and, and just the fact that they'll be desperate to get their first win of the season, much as Derby were in midweek. Um, Bolton obviously coming back up to the Championship from League One. Uh, they've picked up a couple of points, but haven't got that elusive win just yet. But I'm sure you know they'll have a, they'll have their, their home back in, and they'll be they'll be absolutely desperate to get the three points. It was interesting. Um, Gary Rout was saying this morning. He obviously picked out um, Gary Medine as their, their their big target man. And perhaps you'd you know you'd expect to be dealing with a lot of long balls down the middle, but he also said that having seen their game against Birmingham, that the um, you know they passed it around a bit in in midfield as well, so sort of mixing it up a bit. Mm. Um, but in terms of what he's looking for from his team, it's uh, as Steve said, it's kind of similar message to Preston. Really, it's kind of organised off the ball, stay compact, and 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 show the same. Energy and desire to sort of mm-hmm. to to to, uh, to obviously execute that game plan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's kind of basic things, really, isn't it? But they, but that's what they need to do on a consistent basis uh, if they're going to pick up points. And, and does Tom Rollins come straight into the eleven? For me, it does. I don't see the point of splashing out that money on that and not bringing them straight in. Uh, you could argue if they won the last game and kept a clean mm-hmm. sheet. Well, that's but, it. Do you change the winning formula? I, th- I think yeah I, I would I would and I know as I say I know all about that kind of you know keep a winning team and all that but uh, I, I think you know let unleash him get him out there and uh, I don't really see the point of, of not doing that um, there are things he, the Gary Wright has to take into consideration you know uh, obviously you've got to see how, how Tom Lawrence is of course because uh, he played a few games pre-season, but, but obviously he hasn't, yeah, he he hasn't been in a, a, in a what you call a competitive match mm-hmm. at the start of the season. So I'm sure they'll look at him uh, in training, but uh, I would expect him to start. And so who else would you have in the uh, in the eleven along with him there? Well, I think if, I mean, obviously Scott Carson picks himself. If we look at the back four, uh, uh, Andre Wisdom right back, Richard Keogh and Curtis Davis, I thought were, were solid against... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Preston, which had another good game, mm. which should kill. Uh, my one dilemma is at left back. Uh, Craig Forsyth has been playing there. He struggled 
a bit, which which is understandable. We warned about this, and we and I wrote about this as well. Uh, when you're coming back from a long-term injury, you know there are times when it'll catch up with you mm-hmm. during games. And I think it, and we've seen that with 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 Craig Forsyth, but a little bit rusty in certain situations. Um, he was left out against Preston. Marcus Olsen came in, uh, did well. I thought no problem at all. But it was more. It was I guess Preston had more chance to get at Preston, so that's very much Marcus Olsen's strength. He's getting forward, bombing forward from left back. Still needs to take greater care with his with his crossing. You know, he needs to be picking people out if he can, or making the cross more of a threat, more dangerous than he does sometimes. So, but Chris mentioned it earlier. You know. I watched Bolton against Leeds and set pieces are strong. You know, uh, Gary Medine, as you say, is, is very strong uh, in the air. And I'm just wondering whether, from a height perspective, they might just need something else in at the back as well. And, and Craig Forsyth is a better defender than, than, than Mark Solson, in my opinion. So I can just see a bit of a dilemma there. Keeping the same back four, kept a clean sheet, mm-hmm. I could understand that and, and I would have no real argument with that. I'm just wondering on set pieces and things like that whether Craig Forsyth might come into it yeah I, th- I mean for me I think a fully fit Craig Forsyth starts um, ahead of Mark Solson but I agree Mark Solson had a good game on Tuesday night um, it, it's a different game it's away from home I know Gary I talked about being careful with Craig Forsyth and and you know not expecting too much too soon does that mean he's sat a game out and now he comes back in It'll be very interesting to see what, what the manager does with that one. I presume you're sticking with a, a four two three one. So yeah, know, I think I think so. Yeah, and, and 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 Tom Huddleston and Bradley Johnson, you know, uh, I think should start in there. Uh, I thought uh, Tom against uh, Wolves wasn't on his game. Uh, we noticed that early on. Uh, we commented on that during the game and, and, and in the Telegraph after the game. Uh, then Guy Rao revealed that he'd been feeling. A bit of a, a problem, he, you know. He didn't think he'd get his passing range going, and that, and that was clear. I thought he was better uh, on Tuesday against Preston. I still think there's something there that's probably slightly holding him back. Uh, but he, he, he'll start. And I thought Bradley Johnson did well against Preston. You know, I don't think it's his best position. I think Gary Wright has said he feels he's, he's better further forward as a midfielder where he can maraud and be a threat. But I thought he did well in there, and it's important, as I said earlier, that screen, that shield in front of the back four. Uh, the only other one I think really could come in at the moment would be Craig Bryson but again I'm not sure whether Craig Bryson's 100% fit and we spoke to Gary Rowe this morning myself and Chris and Craig's still feeling a bit of a number of things really hamstring, quad, back, back as well. yeah. you know uh, and so that suggests to me that uh, Huddleston and Johnson will start Yeah I can't see too many changes I agree with you Steve with Tom Lawrence I'd get him in the, I'd get him in the side and, and looking at the team that started at Preston, you'd, you'd have to say that Johnny Russell's place is under is under pressure because it, it would you know it'd be harsh to drop Viman after his performance um, against Preston, and obviously we, we've spoken about Vidra and, and obviously David Nugent who led the line. So I mean, it, it looks like that could be where he where he might slot in, but obviously at the same time. We've seen we've seen new signings sometimes be, be put on the bench yes. to start with and maybe brought on as as, as an impact yeah. sub. I mean, I say the, the the three. I mean, I think Dave Nugent will start again. Um, he, he's different to Chris Martin, mm. but we knew that anyway. You know, so that's not a surprise. And 
I just thought his energy was there on, against Preston. He, 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 I say, he's a bit of a menace for defenders. He pulls them into areas they don't want to be, and all those types of things. So, uh, Matty Vidra did well behind him. Again, we know that's his position. He did. He played it at Watford, and and and, and his games for Derby, he's looked better in that position uh, than maybe on the left of the four-three-three. Andy Vyman was, was 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 man of the match. Hopefully, he's got the energy in the tank to, to, to do that again uh, he should be buzzing obviously from that mm-hmm. performance so you'd expect him to do that just interesting where Lawrence might play if we, I mean as, as Chris said jo- Johnny, Johnny Russell you'd imagine he would be the one to step out uh, for Tom Lawrence if, if Lawrence starts and I'd say it, Johnny had a, a bit of a tough time you know, form wise uh, the effort's still in there mm-hmm. he's trying and all those types of things, but it's not quite working for him. I watched him first half against Preston, and nothing really came off him. He tried things, didn't work. So yeah, Lawrence comes in, but from speaking to the the, the people over at Ipswich, the majority of his games last season were on the left of a three. So if he goes to the left, then Byman will probably have to move to the right. So there's a slight switch there mm-hmm. as well. But uh, yeah, like like Chris said, I would expect it to be to be Byman Vidra. Lawrence and then I think play. Lawrence and Lawrence has played a few times on the right. I think yeah. I know it's not not his, yeah. his sort of. Uh, he can't play right on the line, frequently. can't he? So, yeah. so yeah. that's the beauty yeah. of, of options, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, know, you notice the, the goals that he scores yeah, from sort of yes. all yeah, yeah, yeah. So so, so it, it gives you that great option mm. to, to to vary and and, and and as I say, it might be that Gary Wright, if he's going to start Lawrence, you might think that Vyman was was so good from the area he played that it seems daft to change two positions if you like rather than just changing one yeah are you two sort of personally looking forward to seeing Tom Lawrence play if he does play on Saturday he's obviously had rave reviews from uh, his, his yeah yeah as I say we, we've just got to be a bit careful not to not to expect him to suddenly turn Derby into into uh, a team that's going to blast teams away you know uh, we hope he does really well but we've got to judge him Playing for a derby in a derby shirt, uh, and of course, like all new players, he's got to be given time to settle in and get used to the players around him. No, I think if he doesn't score a hat trick, <laughs> he's out of the team. Yeah. On his Three out of ten. Which, by the way, by the way, hundred to one odds you can get apparently on uh, on Tom Lawrence to score a hat trick. I was, I was looking at Yeah. So that's a five, isn't it? Yeah. Is that t- might be difficult? Doesn't start. The odds on the odds on him scoring a goal and and not that. Um, and not that great actually, uh, as in their short, as in their short yeah. odds. Um, but uh, but yeah, hundred to one from score hatchery. But uh, but sorry, go back to your one. question. Uh, that's, that's... Well, you don't see many, you don't see many hat tricks, I suppose. Do you? Maybe that's why. You can have ten p on that. Oh, I'll have a bit more than ten p on. Oh, yeah, yeah. What yeah. were your pockets? I thought they were switched. <laughs> 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 yeah. But but to answer your question, I mean, I, I remember seeing him playing against Derby last season um, at Portman Road. Derby won comfortably. Mm. I think I, I seem to remember Lawrence was carrying a bit of an injury at the time, so he wasn't quite hundred percent. But he was such a key player for them that he, he, he played the game and he was he was their best player by by a long way mm-hmm. um, they, they, Ipswich didn't have a great season last season and and they struggled on the night but he definitely stood out um, so I'm you know I will be very interested to see what he can uh, what he can do for Derby yeah well I mean many Ipswich fans that, that I've sort of seen 
on social media say that had it not been for Tom Lawrence then they could have been in, in real trouble sure yeah. in real trouble last season so, so if he scores a hat-trick you're going to make a coffee in the office because <laughs> it'd be the first one you've made and you've been here Don't six months saying. six months <laughs> Yes, it is six months. I made, six, I made six you a coffee. So, so if, you, if you're listening, Tom, if you score a hat trick, <laughs> then me and Chris will get a coffee from from Johnny for the first time and since he's work at the Telegraph. If you don't, Steve will make me a coffee, which to this day he has never done. So. <laughs> <laughs> right now, to finish, we always do our predictions. So who should I start with? Uh, I went we'll start with you. Time. I went first last time. Did you? Well, what? And I said two 0 well, Yeah, well, I was going to say Did I said two 0 and it was the right result. It was, but it was just the wrong team. <laughs> so go on, Chris, you right. can go first. Go well, okay, okay, people think it's off the cuff. This we've actually talked, we've actually, <laughs> we've actually spoken about predictions before. <laughs> well, I was put on the spot last time, so yeah. I actually had to think about it this time. And I, I am going to, I'm going to be an optimist again, and I'm going to go for a one nil. Derby victory. And I'm not going to say if Tom Lawrence is going to score <laughs> or not. Well, so there's the coffee out the window straight away. It's a I'm torn between 2 0 and 2 1. 2 Derby. Which one are you doing? I like both. <laughs> Cheat. Uh, I'll go 2 0. Well, I'm going one-one. I think um, I, I just think it will be. I think it could be a tough afternoon. And I think yeah, I think it will be a tough afternoon. There'll yeah. be a, a big, strong side bottom, uh, yeah. and it, like we've said on previous podcasts, you know that any point is a good point. But I just think that they can get. I think. I think Derby. I think you're right. It will be tough, and I think Derby have to be switched on, set pieces, mm. things like that. Uh, but sometimes, you know. Once as, as a back four and defenders, once you know that's what you're going to get, yeah, it, can, it can put you in that mindset to yeah. know what you're doing, and that's why I think Forsyth might help his uh, size, uh, aerial strength as such, and I think that might help in those situations. Because if I was Bolton, you know, and, and, and someone like Medine up front, you would, if you were the striker, pull away from the centre backs onto the full backs and try and get diagonals into the box, and that's where you get your strength from and you knock down. So you could see that kind of developing, but it, it will be a tough game. Yeah. And it was a tough game against Preston, so, but I say that's the nature of the division. Yeah, I mean, just one, it is a big, strong defence that we've got, which is obviously sort of a, a bonus, you know, with the addition wisdom on the right. Anyway, anything else to add, gentlemen? Uh, no, just to make sure you've written down the coffee order for the next week. Okay. <laughs> now I'm all out thanks excellent right uh, thanks to everybody for uh, for listening once again we'll be back uh, next week probably on Monday we'll be doing it where obviously we'll be uh, reviewing Saturday's game and looking forward to Grimsby Town and hoping that the weather stays dry for the trip up there uh, in the meantime you can obviously follow everything we do on, on Twitter we're at DerbyTelDCFC on Facebook it's facebook.com forward slash DerbyTelDCFC we're also online, www.darwitelegraph.co.uk. You can also search for the podcast on Audio Boom, it's black and white, and also on the iTunes podcast, it's black and white. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.